0: You have a nice christmas yes it's good it's good festive period eating drinking a bit more eating some presents the usual really Excellent. Well, I I enjoyed the non-denominational winter solstice-based festivities greatly, with some eating, not so much drinking, Uh, a lot of chocolate. So I'm slightly concerned I'm turning into a giant piece of chocolate. Uh, So do something about that in the new year. The football's been all right, hasn't it? Uh, The Sunderland game started off with an absolute barnstormer of the first 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, how, how many could United have scored in that period? Probably five or six, right? It's one of the best halves of football we've seen from United in a long time. And sort the one-touch play, the movement, uh, United's creativity, it was all there. And, and uh, it all kind of came together in a way that um, I'd say even in the Blackburn game when uh, United actually did score seven, we didn't see the kind of flowing football that we saw against Sunderland for around about
0: an hour. Now, what do you put that down to? Um, What do you put it down to that it's all come together so well? I guess uh, the team's just hit a bit of form. Uh, I I think they've also, as we've
1: spoken about before, they've switched Rooney and Berbatov's roles a little bit. Rooney's playing an awful lot deep. I mean, it's just borne out in the stats. It's it's, uh, more than just an observation now. He he clearly is, and uh, he's roaming. He's playing parts wide. He actually played very, very wide against Birmingham, but against Sunderland, he's played deep with a... A license to move and I, I guess that's just kind of helped uh, with the United's creativity problem also we've got Anderson coming into form I, I wouldn't say he's actually a creative player but he's given United some real drive in the center of the park that we've sometimes missed and uh, Fletcher's coming back uh, into some semblance of form when he when he plays of course he's been in and out uh, and it just seems to be working and of course we've got that solid base at the back with Ferdinand and Vidic, Fit and Raphael seems to have cemented his, his slot at right back and, and Edwin's fit and it just gives everyone that kind of confidence to
0: work from. I really, 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 really like our back four, Ed. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to see, well, let's say back five and include Van der Saar, but when it says Evra, De Silva, Ferdinand, Vidic, with Van der Saar behind them, you just, you just, it just feels great. You know, it's so difficult for the opposition to create anything, because any time they ever cross the ball, Vidic and Ferdinand deal with it pretty much all the time. I mean, there's been, you know, and, and their positioning is just so good, and they, as you say, they just, they just send confidence throughout the whole team. And I I think you, you sort of said that Anderson's not a creative player. I know what you mean. You mean he's not a fantasista, he's not a number 10. But what he is, is a person who makes things happen because he runs with the ball towards defenders and, and it makes an enormous difference to the shape of the opposition's back line and when teams come to defend with two banks of four or a bank of four and a bank of five having somebody who can run through the middle of the park with the ball makes all the difference in the world and he's he's very direct Anderson is he you know he's, he's constantly like he gets there, he picks up the ball he turns and he starts running towards the opposition you know yeah. in, in, a, in a sort of similar although less penetrative way that cristiano ronaldo did
1: yes yes not the same level of penetration but i know what you mean he's got that burst of acceleration and and that could be really important and he can beat a man uh he's still got an awful lot to add to his game Uh, and i guess we've spoken about that on on several occasions but all the signs are good aren't they he's he's been more consistent and that's important
0: I think it's worthy of coming back to. Oh, I think you know Anderson Watch is something we have to pay close attention to at the moment because I think it, it's it's a really crucial point in his career at the moment. I really do. I really think he's he could be on the cusp of something. He could be becoming the player that we want him to be, you know, or at least uh, an extremely effective part of the United setup. Uh, talking of extremely effective parts of the United setup being what we want them to be, you mentioned Rooney and Berbatov. Um, I still think Rooney's not quite at it he's he's much better but he's still there's still something not right in his game no, no, you're right, and I can't—I can't I couldn't tell you what it is now because he's
1: played enough games that he shouldn't. There shouldn't be any question marks about his fitness.
0: There's something going on with his first touch, though. There's, there's, there's been something going on with his first touch since he first started to lose his confidence, and and I don't know what it is, but yeah. but his first touch is is st- still not that kind of subtle, nuanced first touch that it was. Do you think it's just form,
1: or are, are we talking about you know a lingering injury, lack of confidence? something else that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know is he getting divorced you know is colleen running off with the the kid and all his money i mean uh how, how does uh, you know what i wonder what's going on in this uh in this player's mind because uh i think i think you're right i think that there's something not quite right about him and um, and that that shows. I mean, because at the top level, if you're if you're not quite right, uh, you fall behind quite quickly. And, and uh, his complete lack of goals, in fact, what be had two penalties all season, and another another goal from open play in any format of the game for any team anywhere, uh, except perhaps street striker three uh, since since what March the twenty first.
0: It's an extraordinary drought, isn't it? Considering what went before it, where he just couldn't stop scoring, and you can't help feeling that the old striker's cliché of one in off his backside is going to make all the difference in the world. You do I do kind of think that Certainly, once he's scored two or three, it's all going to come flooding back because I don't think I don't think you can lose that level of technical ability. I, but I do think you can if your confidence is shattered. You know, it's going to it's going to make a big difference. But then it, it, his confidence isn't shattered, is it? Because he's still trying things and he still looks, you know, lively and and occasionally hits a, a seam of brilliance like his um, pass in the Sunderland game to Berbatov for the goal. It was absolutely sublime, wasn't it? Right, fantastic yeah. lofted ball. So I. I think Rooney will be back, but I, I do think I do think fundamentally it's a mental problem. I don't think it's a physical problem because he looks in impeccable physical condition, doesn't he?
1: He does. He he looks he looks slim and yeah yeah. You can, he's not hobbling around on his ankle. I mean, it's hard to tell those I've had two pretty serious ankle injuries myself, and I know how long they take to get over. In fact, for about eighteen months after the second one, I could barely walk down the road without going over on my ankle right. I, I know that it will affect him but uh, we don't know to what extent
0: I can't remember if it was the Sunderland or Birmingham fans but one of our, the groups of opposition fans were saying and I paraphrase you fat so-and-so to Wayne Rooney and I just thought what is wrong with you people can you not see him you should be singing you live so-and-so you know he looks incredibly uh, sort of svelte does mm. Wayne Rooney Berbatov on the other hand cannot stop scoring an eye it's I, remarkable he's isn't it been so so oh, good. I, I mean, I
1: don't want to take all the credit here, but uh, <laughs> I think I have been saying for, for the best part of two and a half years that he's been playing in the wrong position for United. And uh, what do they do? They stick him right up tough and he starts scoring goals. So, you know, yeah, I, in fact, I think I will take all the credit. Yeah. Thanks, Sir Alex. I, I'll be welcoming
0: your uh, letter in the post. <laughs> Preferably with a check enclosed. Scott from the Republic of Mancunia at... R underscore O underscore M who's been extremely vocal in his criticism of Wayne Rooney's behaviour around the contract, which uh, to be honest, I've somewhat appreciated because I do find it very frustrating how quickly it's all forgotten. And what what I what really bothers me is the myopia of fandom. You know, the, the fact that it's like because it's one of ours, we kind of brush it under the carpet, but if it was, well, when it was Steven Gerrard, we sang songs about it for years and years afterwards, you know.
1: Well, he's an arsehole, but he's our arsehole.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. But then, um, but he, Scott pointed out that one really nice thing about Rooney is that he always looks absolutely delighted when Dimitar Berbatov scores. You know, he doesn't, you, you don't get any sense that he's annoyed or jealous or wishes it was him kind of thing. He, he really does seem genuinely made up when, uh, when Berbatov scores. He's a team man, yeah.
1: He's a team man, and uh, I, he, he uh, through through the whole contract thing. There, it, it was clear. You know, it became clear that he has quite an ego on him, but but it's an ego in a different way. I mean, it's an ego from being mollycoddled for years. Um, it's not quite the same, Cristiano. I need everyone to look at me type ego, is it? And uh, I think that you're you're right. It does show, and um, and you know they seem to be working together. Funnily enough, in yeah. in, in playing in their right positions, and and uh, yeah, Berbatov's uh, obviously had that big run of, what, 12 games where he didn't score after such a great start to the season, but he seems to be scoring now and hopefully it's consistent, and that's what we need I mean, he obviously got one at Birmingham and the two, or was it one and a half against
0: Sunderland? It was two, I'm counting. <laughs> I want that to count towards Project 25 this season. Um, I know it's it, obviously not Berbatov's goal really, that goal Well, it's, I mean, he hit it with the outside I think that would have gone in. I think he should just turn up at the uh, dodgy goals panel and give him a smouldering look, and they'll be like oh no fair enough Dimitar. Uh I, I see that you willed it in with the power of your charisma
1: and one other thing I mean while we were on there briefly on that Sunderland game the uh the ball from Anderson to Berbatov for that second goal where he gave it the eye he just looked one way and played it the other I, I think that was a lovely piece of football
0: yeah and and an assist from Anderson if, if Berbatov gets that goal so true yeah that makes seven, seven in his career so far <laughs> something, <you? laughs> something along those lines
1: and then on to Birmingham and uh, it was a completely different performance wasn't it I, true I mean you mentioned in the uh, the opening bit there United were mugged and, and absolutely um, that goal could have been ruled out for probably three different things uh, and uh, United were pretty good in the second half I thought but generally speaking not the same kind of flowing football at all and it was another one of those slightly tentative away performances that we we've had this season i think uh, united had four shots on target in total and um that's probably not enough if we want to win on the road and and it, it got to be thankful that others are just as inconsistent because looking at the form tables we're 10th in away form this season and uh unbeaten of course but um there are there are another you know nine clubs with
0: more points than us on the road and uh, that's not really acceptable if you want to win the premier league well You say it's not acceptable if you want to win the Premier League, but it doesn't seem to be. I don't think that's quite the case this season. I think that it's going to be pretty much okay if you want to win the Premier League.
1: Yeah, well we'll see. I mean we we might actually get the champion with less than 80 points which hasn't happened for quite a while. If
0: we go through the season and the se- uh, the second half of the season our away form isn't better than it was in the first half of the season then we probably aren't going to win the league. Um but only probably because because the the rest of the league is so incredibly inconsistent. I mean um I don't know if you watched the Arsenal Chelsea game. Yeah, um, yeah. But that that was a really really strange match. I mean Chelsea were they they looked completely fine until they just basically chucked it um and and their defense fell asleep and and then they kind of looked like they lost a lot of confidence, and and but I think Lampard coming back would have given them quite a lot of momentum if they if they'd managed to get a result there, mm. because I think he's incredibly important to them.
1: I, I think he will. I think he will anyway. And I think we also have to be mindful that United uh, have to go away to Tottenham in January. Uh, it looks like we're going to have away matches against uh, Arsenal and Chelsea in the sort of March April time frame. We still got to go to Anfield, am I right? I mean, don't know whether that counts as a tough match anymore. No, not at all. Um, uh, But but certainly. I Obviously, we've been to City, but certainly the, the Tottenham and Chelsea and Arsenal games they are going to be three really tough games. And they could be title-deciding games in many ways, especially uh, the, the three matches against, well, two against Chelsea and one against Arsenal come in quite a short time frame uh, in the sort of March-April area of the season.
0: By the way, on the subject of Liverpool, if, if Wolves can beat them at Anfield, we probably should be able to. That wasn't funny at all, was it? it There's nothing, nothing amusing about that. Actually, I have to say... Nothing amusing. I, I, I just can't, I can't believe Hodgson's still got his job, to be honest. I, 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 I say nothing amusing about that in a slightly ironic way, Um, but actually genuinely feel really, really sorry for Roy Hodgson, because... It, this is a mess not of his own making and he just looks like an absolutely broken man he his interview after the game and and his kind of facial expressions during the game i, I, I think he he thought he was finally going to get a shot at the the big time in england and it's just all going horribly wrong before his eyes
1: yeah um, uh, I, there's an interesting stat in the paper the other day of of the uh, what have Liverpool got now 18, 19 points I, I can't remember exactly now it's probably a bit more than that but um, of, of the teams uh, that have the, the number of points that Liverpool have oh 10 losses I think it is isn't it it's, it's a, quite a number anyway um, they have that many points and that many losses at this stage of the season in Premier League era. I know football only began in 1992. Mm-hmm. Something like only seven of 40 have ever finished above 10th. So history says they're going to finish 10th bl- And and it's quite tight down at the bottom. You know, if, if their form didn't pick up and uh, and had injuries to key players as usual, uh, they could be dragged into the relegation battle. I mean, they're way too good to to actually you know end up down there. But it's not looking pretty for Liverpool. I mean, I think I think what they should do is do what the fans want. They should they should just sack Hodgson and bringing Kenny Dalglish, a man who hasn't actually been involved in football for nigh on 20 years, and uh, he will hopefully do an Alan Shearer and uh, take them into the championship.
0: I think if um, Chelsea hadn't kind of scraped a win uh, the day before yesterday, then, then Ancelotti would be under a bit of pressure too.
1: His record's not better than Phil Scolari's, at least this season. I know he did the double last season, that buys him some time, but it's not like Abramovich has been patient with his his managers.
0: He even fired Jose. Yeah, he fired Jose for being too awesome, though, didn't that was, that was the problem there um, anyway though I think the point that we're making is that the, the league is still incredibly inconsistent and the, the one statistic that is displaying incredible consistency in the premiership is the fact that we haven't lost a game so even though our waveform is, 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 is really poor we we still haven't been beaten and, and that's going to make an enormous difference come season end um, the, the, the Birmingham game I, I, I was thinking 10 minutes before the end we really really need to get a second here because you could feel it coming You know, we weren't brilliant, but Birmingham offered absolutely nothing. And uh, for a team that's pretty well supported, their their home fans were absolutely silent. It was like, well... It was like Old Trafford, isn't there?
1: They, I mean, they are a well-supported, they're not a well funded side, but there, there, there are perhaps not as well as they should be. I mean, this is the second city we're talking about, or you know, whatever it is these days in terms of population. And and historically, Birmingham Aston Villa haven't haven't matched you know, teams from elsewhere, including United and, and similar kind of population in in Greater Manchester as as the, the sort of Birmingham area, isn't there?
0: Well, yeah, although Aston Villa are the fourth most successful team in British football history, uh, English football history. Sorry. Um, although not if you include
1: this, <laughs> this allow the pre-war period. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, also not if you, uh, believe football was created in 1992, uh, with the advent of the football, uh, with the premier league. Um, we, we come on to another game against a West Midlands club, uh, West Bromwich Albion, um, very nice football being played at the Hawthorns this season. Um, a club I'm extremely uh, fond of, given some of the really important things they've done in, in English football history, although mostly pre-1992. Um, uh, and a and team I hope get absolutely stuffed. Uh, is it tomorrow that we play them?
1: Uh, it, it is New Year's Day yes I, I think we spoke briefly about them in the last pod didn't we and I wasn't quite sure of the date of the game then but uh, yeah uh, tomorrow we play them uh, it looks like Nani's back uh, thankfully uh, I think he, yeah, he obviously he's been a very important player for us this season and Anderson seems to have cemented his place. so I guess we might see Giggs come into the side Or he
0: play- well Giggs played 90 minutes didn't he so he, d- he did he did yeah uh, we'll, we'll
1: see I mean it, there's such a paucity of, of wide players uh, available to United and, and and, uh, I mean, I, I guess that was one of the problems against Birmingham. we had such little wits at times and, and uh, Rooney kind of played that wide left role for, for you know, certainly part of the game. So so we'll, 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 we'll I guess we'll see. Uh, yes, he, he did have a lot of time, but Park's still away at the Asian Cup and Ferguson seems to have very little faith in uh, Obertan or, or the very expensive Bebe, who didn't even make the bench against Birmingham.
0: Uh, Darren Gibson played a long time against Birmingham and I thought he had an OK game he certainly wasn't terrible. No, no, he, he wasn't.
1: Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm no fan of this, this player. I just don't think he's got enough for United. Uh, yeah. uh, obviously, a crucial part in Berbatov's goal, though, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, a, a neat interchange of passes there. And, yeah, he's certainly got something about him. I just, just don't think he's good enough for United.
0: No I, th- I think you're right um i I'm really happy that berbatov you, you-, you mentioned consistency with berbatov um I know uh, the-, the five goals against Blackburn skews the stats and there was there was a long sort of goalless period, but he has gone on a couple of runs this season where he's scored in you know three out of four games or, or three games in a row or whatever for-, 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 for kind of long enough patches that that there is there is a level of consistency in his performance
1: yeah well there is but his confidence is so fragile during that period when he wasn't scoring he he was he was missing from 10 yards and just it just didn't look like he would ever score and and then suddenly it comes flooding back and against Birmingham I mean the, the shot was a cracking shot into the yeah. near post wasn't it and he just hit it so clean and beat Foster for pace really and and that's all confidence maybe six or seven games ago that he he would have he would have not hit that with such velocity or or so cleanly, or he might
0: have tried to take another touch, or in fact he might have tried to play someone else in. It is it is glorious to see that confidence. The, the West Brom game, I think, um, hopefully the, the back five will be the same back five that started the last two games.
1: Yeah, there's, there's no reason to think why not. I mean, they've had a lot of games recently, and, and of course they've got Stoke coming up, and then Liverpool, and then Tottenham all in quick succession. So there are, there are lots and lots of games. I mean, Raphael yeah, now has his place cemented, but uh, from, you know, injuries aside, You'd expect them all to play a lot of games. Uh, I mean, Ever played 50-odd last season, so um, we know he's got it in the tank for sure. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't expect that to change, especially away from home. And, and O'Shea's
0: had this eye problem anyway, so I, I don't think he'll play. Uh, which is which is always a good thing. I, I, I hopefully, uh, something more of a 4-4-2 uh, against West Brom than we played against Birmingham, rather than the kind of 4-3-3 that we played it or 4-5-1 that we played against uh, Birmingham.
1: Yes, yeah. I, well, well, we'll see. I mean, it, West Brom, of course, uh, uh, are playing good football, and we'll see what Ferguson thinks. I think, yeah, I mean, it might be one of the reasons why we haven't got enough points away from home. We've just, aside from giving away goals in uh, those matches against uh, Everton and Fulham, and of course Birmingham, the very late goal. Um, i think we're a little bit tentative at times and and um i mean you said earlier if we're unbeaten away from home uh come the end of the season we'll probably win the league well, well maybe but we've got what seven draws and a win so that's 10 points on the road and um four wins would have done that so you know four wins and four loss, it would look very different in terms of uh you know our record at this season but we'd have actually had more points
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, three points for a win makes an enormous difference, doesn't it? Uh, Talking of being a little bit tentative on the road, perhaps some of the reason that that's been the case is uh, Sir Alex's conservatism uh, away from home. The old fella turned 69 uh, this week. He's hit a lot of milestones already this season, and we've done a lot of retrospective stuff about Sir Alex Ferguson. But 69, um, perhaps time to look forward and, and say really realistically, how much longer can he keep doing this? for
1: I have no idea. I mean, I've, I've said already on the pod this season. I, I thought June 2012 was the was the date, but you know, listening to Ferguson this season, he seems like he has absolutely no intention of going. I mean, it might it might be a case of hoodwinking everyone because we you know how disastrous uh, his decision to pre-announce his retirement so 2001-2 season was, and it certainly affected the team at the time. And and so it could be the case that he'll just go. We just we just won't hear it. He'll just go. And um, yeah. And and uh, that's probably the right thing to do, I think. Uh, and so so maybe maybe June 2012 is still there. It certainly doesn't sound like it if you listen to, to Ferguson, who says retirement's for young people. And uh, while he's well, he's going to carry on. And you know why not? Some some Bobby Robson certainly uh, re- retired late into the game, didn't he? And and uh, Giroud at Auxerre, uh, as we mentioned before, had forty odd years at Auxerre. a remarkable career, that man. He, he, he played for the club and and then he managed for forty odd years, forty four, I think, and um, retired so someone else could come in. Took a job at Racing Club Longs and lasted four games before he realised that uh, he just couldn't hack it another club and uh, and
0: resigned. That is rather extraordinary, isn't it? Maybe maybe Fergie will do that. Maybe he'll go and manage uh, Preston North End for a few days. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Not his favourite well, club at the moment. Yes. No. So so I, I didn't. I haven't paid attention to this story. Uh, would you? Would you? me in on the details. As
1: we know, Darren Ferguson took over uh, at Preston in the summer. Um, he he had previously been the golden boy of, of sort of uh, lower league football and and had a really good spell at Peterborough, taking them up, and then basically got fired. But um, as Ferguson revealed later, this is Ferguson senior that he'd he'd advised his son to to quit anyway because he wasn't give, being given the financial support to actually compete in the championship so anyway turns up at preston in the summer great hope that um ferguson uh, junior will, will do well and then uh, take preston you know, back into the top flight of English football for the first time in many a decade and and Father helped Son out sending three sort of reserve players to, to Preston on loan Joshua King and, and Matty James Joshua King, the Norwegian striker a very, very pacey Norwegian striker and Matt James, the very talented I think he, I think he's got a bright future I don't know whether it's United but um midfield player both uh, both went on season-long loans and then Richie DeLate, who, who many people have been impressed with in his few appearances for United United. The Belgian defender has gone there in the last couple of months and, and Ferguson Jr. got sacked earlier this week. Uh, they've got just 19 points there, yeah, you know, bottom of the championship, 5 points from safety and not unsurprising I suppose that uh, he would have got sacked. I think he had a record of 13 wins in 49 games in total or something yeah, something like that. Not, not, not a great record and um, it wasn't that much of a surprise that he went and uh, and in a peak of anger Ferguson Senior has uh, recalled all those players. Uh, certainly um, Joshua King has uh, like a break, mid-season break clause anyway so they're within their rights to do that. Uh, Delay was only on loan until January anyway although I think many people expected that to be extended and, and Matt James is on a season-long loan and his contract is for the year so they're they're apparently looking at legal methods to bring him back such is the anger i mean is that because they sacked his kid or is there something more going on seems seems to be as simple as that yeah seems to be as simple as i mean we've, we've spoken about this before the lack of uh structure in transfers at united and, and ferguson has such a say on it and and uh, i have to say this just feels like cronyism he he uh, used the loan systems to to support his son. Uh, th- that in itself is an abuse, uh, and uh, when when it really should be about the long term benefit to Manchester United. And fair enough if the kids are getting games, fair enough. Uh, that's one thing. But uh, but to then recall them as soon as uh, his son got sacked. I mean, and l- let's be clear on this. There's a few players out on loan who've actually uh, suffered sackings this season, but uh, none you know higher profile than Mammy Biramjiuf, who's still at Blackburn, even though Sam Allardyce got sacked in such controversial manner. So I don't think we can make the argument that it's about stability for the players. This is purely and simply about folks and taking rep- retribution for a club firing his son.
0: Well, unless the situation with Duke is that because it's another Premiership team, he thinks the legals are more sensitive because, you know, um, sacking Sam Allardyce is not probably quite as bad in Sir Alex's eyes as sacking his son, but it's got to be pretty close because that's that's his closest ally, isn't it, in the, in the Premier League?
1: It is his closest ally, yes, yes, uh, that that is very true. It's, uh, of course, not the first time that Ferguson's been accused of cronyism and the, the reason why he doesn't speak to the BBC is because his, uh, his, uh they, they ran a panorama program basically accusing ferguson junior jason ferguson who was then an agent of leveraging his father's power at united to get younger players signed up to his agency books and um and this was an accusation that was actually never formally denied and uh, there was certainly no legal case that followed it you know it's it's not the first time and uh, i i just i just tastes a little bit bad and yeah i'm not making deep accusations of any money exchanging hands here but but clearly favors were being done to a family member and you know ferguson's then in a position of having to justify it on the grounds of
0: it's a football decision too. Um, I just want to say two things. One, I'm not sure it's cronyism when it's your son. I think it, <laughs> that implies, you know, sort of our old mates club. I think it's 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 quite distinctly nepotism, isn't it? The and the other, th- well, uh, apart from my concerns that now Sir Alex Ferguson is going to spend the next 10 years not talking to the rank cast, um, just when we had an interview lined up with him. So sorry, sorry, folks, we were going to do an hour and a half long, no holds barred interview with Sir Alex, but but I suspect he's now going to pull out of that. So many apologies for that
1: yes in which he was going to admit that when sebastian veron was not a good signing
0: <laughs> yeah and he was also he was going to question the glazers uh long-term financial benefits to manchester united and um, but but
1: it would have been an incredible interview folks but uh, there you go our, our journalistic ethics come first
0: <laughs> yeah always always in service of the truth um but yeah also i mean you know sending players on loan to preston north end is nothing new there's there's a huge amount of logic to uh manchester united sending players to preston but recalling them so suddenly is it's very difficult to see that being for purely footballing reasons isn't it
1: very very difficult
0: yes <laughs> So um, I think we're going to beat West Bromwich Albion by three goals to one. That's my suspicion. I think Ooh, wow.
1: confidence has grown since the last pod, Yeah, it
0: has. Well, I think we've had our dodgy away in the Midlands results. I thought we were, you know, I thought one out of the two of the games was going to go wrong, and and I think that was the Birmingham one. Now, okay. so so I think we're going to beat them three one. Very very confident. Um...
1: But yeah, I'm. I'm going to say we're going to sneak a win. Uh, I did actually think we'd win all three games over the Christmas period. I, I hope we we go bold. I mean, West Brom are quite an open side actually. They do play a different brand of football to Birmingham City, and and uh, I think there is uh, more call for us just going out there and attacking. So yeah, yeah, I, I think we're going to sneak a win. Um, and and uh, and of, and, uh, of course, um, games coming up rapidly after that on there. So uh, I I don't
0: know whether we talk before the Stoke game. No, we won't. We won't because that's. Uh... Uh, that's uh, midweek next week. That's all that's at home, isn't it? So um, much more confident about our uh, our chances against Stoke. One of my least favourite groups of away supporters, Stoke City, I have to say.
1: Yes, I, I, I fully agree with that. I, I, they, of course, they were at, at Old Trafford for the last day of the season and uh, cheering every Chelsea goal. and, uh, and yeah, I, just, I just find it very odd how they think there's uh, some kind of local rivalry there. I, mean, I suppose the geographical distance isn't that far, but we just don't care about them. Yeah, and They're just yeah, generally not very pleasant.
0: Yeah, so um, hopefully we'll absolutely stuff them. I think that um, that game coming so thick and fast after the weekend, there's going to be a fair amount of rotation, isn't there? But you think that Rooney and Berbatov will probably play both games. I want, that's actually perhaps worth a mention. Someone that has not got a lot of football at all since the uh, Rooney saga was, was ended is Chicharito, whose fantastic start to the season has uh, slowed down somewhat. Do you think he'll get significant minutes in one of these two games?
1: Yeah, well... That- it would be a real shame if he doesn't get some minutes um, and I guess Ferguson's just, just keen to have some consistency in the in the front two for a while and save, save for the games where he just plays the one up front uh, as in the game against Arsenal. Um, it would be nice to, to, to yeah, I suppose the Stoke at home game is the perfect one for him to play really, isn't it? We'll see, um, we'll talk about the preview of the FA Cup game in next week's pod but that might be one where Ferguson decides to rotate as well, I know it's Liverpool but it is the FA Cup and he does Treat it as as an opportunity to uh, rotate. Uh, um, you certainly did last season when we we got uh, beaten.
0: Well, I think I think it's fair to say as well. Like it's only Liverpool. I, I mean, in all seriousness, not not being you know snarky about it at all. They're just not very good. So you know they're, they're definitely considerably weaker than they've been in the past few seasons. And and so rotating against them at home makes an awful lot of sense.
1: Yes. Well, we'll see. That's next week. Um, I think by the time we meet next week, let's hope there's another six points in bag it'll certainly uh, go a long way toward um securing a 19th title um can we end the let's let's end the pod since it's the last one of the year on a, a few predictions for 2011 so what do you think come may will be a final outcome of the season
0: i, I really 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 think we're going to win the league i really think we're going to win the league i think that chelsea's dip has been a somewhat overly precipitous i think that all the cliches about Arsenal will still apply, and they'll drop needless points uh, as they did just just yesterday, uh, just the day before yesterday. Um, I think that we're still going to struggle away from home, but our we're, we're improving all the time, and we're already top of the league with points in hand. I don't think Man City are there yet. I think I think we've basically been gifted the league title this season it's fantastic um I, I I definitely didn't I mean I I think I said we'd win the league in the in the opening show of the season but I didn't really believe it but now I really honestly think we're going to win the league um I think I am certainly have more confidence
1: than at the start of the season I don't think it's it got anything to do with United's quality I, I think this is the worst United side for about five years um just objectively speaking but everyone else is so inconsistent I I think Chelsea will get better I, I just can't see them going on this run. Um, Add in I think I think Frank Lampard being back is a, is really important to them. And as soon as he kind of hits some form again, uh, then you know then they'll they'll get out of their slump and they'll start picking up points. But got quite a gap on them now. We just we just need to stop wasting wasting points away from home, and could cost us in the end. But uh, I think in the end there will be not many points in it, and and United may well just sneak it by a point or
0: two. I I, I think I think we're going to win it by more than. That I, I I think Chelsea I, I agree they'll come on a run but I, th- I think they'll I think our form between now and the end of the season is going to be better than our form up till now because. it always is you know mm. always best in the second half of the season
1: and in Europe um Marseille I, I, I've not been that impressed with it they're, they're a, a fairly inconsistent side and um, I think we'll make the course finals and then it depends on the draw
0: yeah for sure I mean I mean quarterfinals or semi-finals or even a sneaky trip to the final and if we do get a sneaky trip to the final then anything can happen obviously but there is almost well no there is just absolutely no way we're the best team in Europe this season not not e- we're not even Close to it would probably not even cl- not even
1: close. But but of course we are very difficult to beat away from home. They they have a, a way of playing which is uh, Mourinho esque.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think if we come up against Barcelona, they're a, they're a significantly better outfit, and we're a significantly worse outfit than neither of the last two times we played them in Europe. And the last time wasn't exactly great, was it? I think Real Madrid are better than us. I mean, actually, having said we're miles off being the best team in Europe, it's possible that we're the third best team in Europe because I don't think you could count any of the French sides. I think German football is is obviously stronger than it's been for a long time, but but I still think we'd probably probably win the Bundesliga if we were were playing in Germany. Um, The Serie A sides, I don't know. Inter obviously (laughs) made the terrible...
1: Terrible mistake! In some trouble,
0: yeah. Managerless. Well,
1: no, haven't they appointed? They appointed Leonardo as uh, the successor to yeah. Benitez, uh, the former Milan manager. He's obviously crossed town, but but there's he has some yeah, and there's some talk of Kaká going to Inter too, so that they'd have uh, there's uh, all sorts of uh, swaps going there with uh, Ibrahimovic over at Milan and, and the former Inter player, of
0: course. But uh, but I don't think Milan. I mean, for all their incredible attacking talent, uh, I'm not sure they're better than us, uh, I think they'd give us a good game now. But but I think Real Madrid and Barcelona are just an absolute cut above, aren't they? So...
1: They are. And uh, top scorer this season, uh, do you have faith that Berbatov will hit 25 and win the golden boot, at
0: least the Premier League version? Yes, I do. I think Dimitar Berbatov is going to be the top scorer in English top flight football this season. A very exciting prospect indeed to Good all his stuff. critics. I mean, I, I don't know, there's, there's obviously a lot of other people scoring a lot of goals in the, in the Premier League, but, but that would be, I would just absolutely love it. I'm I'm keeping him out of my fantasy football side to ensure this uh, continued good run of form because I I think it would be cruel to the lad to put him in the team. I'm trying to pass my fantasy football curse onto Tevez by making him my captain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's worked for City, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, Berbatov top scorer this season, um, and I think that talking of predictions for the year, um, I think we are going to spend a lot of money this summer. I, 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 I do. I think we're going to we're going to bring in some uh, some big names, although I'm not quite sure who. Uh, there's no one no one necessarily leaping out at us.
1: No, we'll, we'll see. And I, I do Of course, the transfer window opens tomorrow. I'd be really surprised if United does a lot of business in the in the January window. I mean. It, I, you know, objectively we could really do with a winger right now and it, I mean, it, there's quite a bit of squad work needs to be done but in the short term fixing things up a, a winger would do absolutely no harm to United's prospects of of, of uh, winning a 19th Premier League title. Can you think of anyone who might be available? I can't really I, I, various rumours Murray um, Marin the uh, Wolfsburg very talented uh, he's a kind of attacking midfielder really but he does like to play from the left he's one they've been watching so you know, may, maybe it, seemed, it would seem unlikely uh, to happen during the, the middle of the season but i'm um, german club out of europe and, and actually not doing very well in the bundesliga and in all sorts of bother. so is uh his former assistant uh, united assistant uh, steve mclaren who's uh he who certainly won't steve. keep his yeah steve who i'm um, afraid won't keep his job at the end of the season after doing such a good job at um fc20 in holland uh, he might not even last until then
0: It's a really interesting one that I I think it's it's kind of like the thing we've talked about before of you cannot count strikers statistics from the Dutch league as 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 part of their I don't know to show their potential. It seems like uh, managing in the Dutch league doing fantastically overachieving with a small Dutch club isn't necessarily proof that you've suddenly become a a brilliant manager.
1: Maybe he also turned he also joined Wolfsburg on a down curve and it uh, it was certainly a challenge for him rather than taking a a small more provincial side with few expectations and and building something from scratch so a, a very different challenge i'd say wolfsburg to, to fc20
0: and a lot of huge egos in that wolfsburg side a lot of a lot of sort of big time charlie type players yeah, so one of which may well turn
1: up at Manchester City in a, a mega, mega million deal, I think, uh, in this uh,
0: January transfer window. Yeah, although now that they're keeping Tevez, perhaps that's a little less likely than it was. Hmm, we'll see. Uh, I, I guess
1: that kind of wraps our show up for today. Uh, I, As we've said, I think we'll, we'll get some good results over the next few days. Um, it will kick us on with some momentum into the new year, and I, I hope everyone has a very happy 2011 or start to it. What Whatever you're doing probably involves heavy drinking and let's hope after the shenanigans at some Christmas parties in the past few years and of course a few famous New Year's Day defeats including I think uh, a thrashing at Tottenham and, and one at home to QPR uh, that the United players
0: aren't doing the same. I don't like talking about that QPR game Ed as, as well you know <laughs> although it did, did have a gloriously unhungover cameo from Ryan Giggs.
1: Um, but, so whatever you're doing listeners thank you, thank you very much for listening in 2010 we certainly appreciate Appreciate it. Hope you join us in 2011. Absolutely, we we will keep doing this if you keep listening.